and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Tanessa Shears, I am so excited to have you on the She's the Boss podcast chats. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. My absolute pleasure. So first thing is, let's tell everyone all about you. Can you tell people what it is that you do now? Yeah, I am a health consultant and I work specifically with entrepreneurs to help them biohack their brains and their body with science. (laughs) I I love it because uh, when you approached me and I went and had a look at your website, I was like, oh my God, I love it that you're targeting entrepreneurs. It's kind of really clever, I think. So, um, and, and tell everyone where you are because they will think otherwise that you're in Melbourne. Oh, I'm in Vancouver, Canada. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So that's great. So talk to me about why you actually set the business up. What was, was, what was the sort of rationale behind it? Yeah, well, I got into kind of fitness by accident. It was one of those things where I was working as a lifeguard, teaching a lot of swimming lessons. And they told me, if you want to teach fitness classes, you don't have to teach so many swimming lessons. And I was like, (laughs) I'm on board. So I became an aquafit instructor and it kind of started there. And I had ended up, you know, being a personal trainer at just one of your regular big box gyms. Never thought anything beyond it, but I was at a networking meeting and I met this woman and I connected with her because she was all about, um, mutual funds and just like learning how to invest your money. And I was, I was like 23 at the time and it was interesting to me. Yeah. And uh, she said to me, she goes, you know, why don't you start your own business? And I was like, I no, that's for, people, that's, that's for people in their thirties and forties. I'm too young. <laughs> like that's for older people. I always said at the time, and now being there, I find it kind of amusing, but in my head, like I'd never known anybody that was my age to open a business. Everyone just seemed so much older and more experienced. So when she said that to me, I was kind of like, yeah, maybe when I'm older. So I ended up going to an event that she hosted at her house. Just, it was called cocktails and cash. And it was just all about, you know, have a glass of champagne and let's talk about women and money. And so I went there and she, she pulled me aside after and she's like, you know, how old are you right now? And I think I was like 23 or 24. She's like, you're still living at home, right? I was like, I am. She goes, you will never have a safer time in your life to start your business. You have no mortgage. You have no children. You have no overhead. She goes, you can just try it. What is the worst thing that happens? You're, I you're- absolutely love this woman. What's her name? She's brilliant. I know. And she's like, you have a safety net. There is, you can't fail. She's quite right. right. I was There's like, no oh risk. my God. Yeah. So that's what I did. I was like, fine. I quit my job and I opened up my business and literally it was, it grew so fast. It was wonderful. I, I loved it. It was such, it was such a good thing for her to insert herself into my, my thinking like that. (laughs) And look, it's so good though, when you start a business and it does grow fast and you kind of feel like, I feel like I'm going to a proper job and I can't (laughs) believe it's my business. You know, it's very exciting. Oh, it was. And I mean, at the time I was doing all one-on-one personal training work. So it's a bit different than what I do now as things evolve over time. Well, that's perfectly leads me to the next question of what was the light bulb moment or why did you move into entrepreneurs? What happened that made you realize there was a niche there? 
Yeah. Well, what I noticed was as I moved into the more the online space and doing my on like coach more via Zoom now, as I started moving into that and and obviously growing my education beyond just fitness, incorporating, you know, sleep and nutrition, I started noticing that all of my clients, I would say about 90% were entrepreneurs. And they all kept saying the same thing to me. They all came to our consultations like, I am so tired when I get up. I am dragging. I don't enjoy my free time. I'm eating, you know, takeout and noodles and it's just last minute and I'm sleeping five hours a night. And although they had originally come to me looking for health and fitness, I was coaching them so much more on their energy because they were finding they weren't even able to show up in their life, never mind their business. So it kind of evolved into this really neat thing where taking my experience in entrepreneurship and energy and stuff like that and teaching them how to do that. That was pretty fun. So what do you think? Well, and and I I don't normally kind of go down this route, but I want to know, what do you think are the things that entrepreneurs and and particularly women, so I'm sort of specifically dealing with women, Mm -hmm. um, are doing wrong or should be doing for themselves to keep their health at, at an optimum? Because you're right, and in my She's the Boss members group, we have so many women that have actually burnt out and changed their health forever. Like they're forever, they've lost, you know, they've got really low immunity some of them have had chronic fatigue because they have just pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and not listened to their body. But, but can you tell me what are some of the common things that people do or what they should do? Yeah. Number one thing that people come to me is with the brain fog. So it's kind of that weird collection of symptoms like forgetfulness. You know, you're staring at your computer trying to write, you know, sales copy or something inspirational and you just have nothing there. And it's, it's just general fatigue and you get energy crashes throughout the day. So they come to me with that. And my job is to get rid of their brain fog. That's exactly yeah. what I do. And so the biggest thing I always say to my clients, like, what is the 20% we can do that's going to give you 80% of the results? And hands down, every time that is quality of sleep quality, right? Not always duration. You were going to say that (laughs) Uh, everyone always says to me like, no, 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 it's fine. I just, let's get onto the food and the exercise. I sleep eight hours a night, but I buy my clients Fitbits because I want all of their data and their data always tells me we are never sleeping as long or as effectively as we should be to produce the results we need to produce in our businesses. And so um, I, I don't know whether you're giving away secrets, but I guess as it's in Australia, it doesn't really matter. What do you tell them to do in order to get a good night's sleep? So the best thing you can do, and it's the number one thing that's going to have the biggest impact is regulate your circadian rhythm. So that's just a really fancy way of saying our bodies follow a 24 hour clock, our hormones, our metabolism, our hunger, and also our sleep wake cycles. So There are components of your sleep at night, which are rich in quality. And those are mostly when you dream and when you're in deep sleep. And they do things not only for our body, but also for um, our ability to restore and to be creative and problem solve and emotional management and all of these things. So as entrepreneurs, like that is gold and to miss out on that quality is a problem. So what we can do to ensure you're getting the best of both of those parts of sleep is have a consistent start and end time. And the reason for is that there are certain benefits of the sleep you get early in the night and certain benefits you get at the end of the night. And if you're constantly fluctuating your start and end times, you're missing out on certain components of sleep and just like living in perpetual jet lag. And we all feel like... And your, and your body, I guess, 
Yeah, and your body, I guess, sort of starts getting used to it if you can give it a regular rhythm. Um, yeah. It'll start to sort of fall into that rhythm. Is that sort of how it works? That's exactly how it works. And it takes about, you know, three weeks to a month. But um, when when we started doing this, when I started doing this personally as well, I noticed now that I have, you know, removed a lot of the factors that are keeping me up at night or disrupting my sleep. I naturally fall asleep around nine, nine thirty, and I wake up between five thirty and six full of energy, like ready to hit the floor uh, without an alarm clock ever. And that's just because my body yeah, knows right. I sleep during these times and it makes me feel great. So I love it. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So tell me a little bit now about your entrepreneurial journey. I'm interested to know uh, what you did. I mean, I guess, were you feeling, were you quite entrepreneurial as a young girl Um, or did it sort of hit you later on or was it just that moment that that woman said it? What's your career path been? Yeah, I had never, I had never really ever even thought of entrepreneurship as an option because my family, there's nobody in my family that as an entrepreneur. And I went to university. I did my typical bachelor's in kinesiology and I got my undergrad in science. And I went out there to go into the world and I was going to be a kinesiologist. But I, when I was doing my work placement and work studies, I I found out that the job that I had went to university for made less than I was making as a swimming teacher. Oh (laughs) no, really? A kinesiologist earns that little? Yes. So it's not, it's not a physiotherapist. It's a step down from that. But I was like, how am I making more teaching kids how to swim? And I was like, I have to figure something out. And so. And and you were over the whole swimming as well, weren't you by that stage? It's exhausting to teach them, but not all day, every day. Well, and it's very, it's very cold being in the water for three, four hours at a time and not (laughs) moving very much. And nobody likes to blow dry their hair all the time. <laughs> I yeah, like to be dry. I don't take it for granted. But uh, yeah, after I ended up starting my journey uh, as an entrepreneur, after I talked to that woman, it was just a lot of referrals. Like I, I was reflecting back on my journey, actually, when when we were preparing for this call. But it was a lot of just, you know, doing really uh, being a great at customer service. And I am very organized and I am very yeah. uh, type A. And I am very prompt at responding and I like organizing and I like spreadsheets and that attention to detail was so valuable to my customers. And they would like, I have clients that have been around seven, eight, nine years because of that. And it's just that level to de- of detail. And they're just like, I know that you care. You're going to be there. You, when you say you're going to do something, you do something. And that reputation I think has been what's really allowed it to grow year after year after year. So, uh, what other strategies have you employed to make your business grow? Because obviously we've kind of heard your entrepreneur, unless there's other things that you want to tell me along the journey, but, um, otherwise how have you actually made it grow? Because it's not easy. Everybody thinks, well, I'll build this. I'll do a couple of social media posts and everyone will come. Yeah. Um, more so when I was personal training, I used to partner with a lot of the, uh, event companies. So, you know, like there's a, um, the races and stuff like that. So I would partner yeah. with them and do the warm ups, and that's how I and run boot camps and prepare uh, people for some of these races. And that's kind of how I started with that. Um, but when I started filling up, that's kind of when I moved online and I've, you know, had a couple of flubs here and there where I ran Facebook ads, I did the lead magnets and stuff like that. But oh, what's, I think the biggest biggest thing has been consistency. So my business opened in 2014 and I have showed up every single week, time and time again, 
posting, posting, posting. And it's that source of consistency, which I think even though my following is small, my business has well self-sustained because those yep. people know I am always there. I am an authority in my field and I'm always there with a post at the right time to remind them that, you know, they can do it. Here is all of my content. I like to give away as much of what I know for free as possible because it makes me continue to create better stuff to give people. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And there's so many people that hold things close to their chest and go, I don't want to let anyone know my secrets. It's my IP. But I would, I would completely agree with you because I think the more generous you are with information and the more you give out, the more people see, take one look at you and go, whoa, that woman really knows her stuff. You know, that's right. the kind of person I want to hang out with and want to learn from. Yeah. Well, and if I had been still the coach that I was three or four years ago with the information I was three or four years ago, that's as all as I ever would have grown. But because I gave it away, I have to still have something to give my clients that's different and new yeah, and exciting. True. I'm constantly developing ideas and concepts and testing things and always out there trying to learn what else I can bring in. Because I think that's what keeps it exciting is that I have been constantly evolving and bringing everyone who follows along with me this whole journey. Like you learn what I learn. You see me learning it. You see me experimenting on my family first because they always let me first. And then <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, clients, I have something new who wants to test this next. And then just turning that into a theory that I share with everyone. Then I move on to something better. So it's always That's growing. right. Yeah. So now also talk to me about um, the pandemic and going mm -hmm. online. And I don't know whether they coincided. So did you go online because of the pandemic um, and the lockdown? I assume you've had that over there as well. Or was it something that you initiated before all of this happened? So I went, started going online in 2018. So it was yeah. well before. Yes. But, uh, well I before. Yes, it was well before. And why? But, uh, why did you decide to go online? What 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 prompted that? Because I like working in fuzzy socks. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know your listeners can't see, but I have beautiful fuzzy socks on right now. No, it was actually because I only have so many five, six, seven p.m. time slots, and with me traveling back and forth between the gym, like I like being able to. Uh, help people wherever they're at. If they need to be on their lunch hour, but they can't leave, like that's how that works. And it, it just made for a lot more flexibility. And on top of that, like what I love is it allows me to have all of my spreadsheets and information here. I can screen share. I'm able to send videos. It's, it's, it took what I was doing an hour, basically working with them in the gym and counting reps and turned it into an educational experience in which their results just like flew through the roof. It was such a no brainer once I started that that's where I needed to go. And then, and has it sort of opened up your markets as well? Because one of the things that I'm, I'm saying to people here, and obviously we, we are nearly at the end of seven months of lockdown. I'll let you know, we've been out for three weeks since March. Um, and so everybody has been forced to go online, which I was before anyway. But one of the things that I've been saying to people is no longer do you have to be local. You know, you, you've got a business now that is really global. Yes. And so have you found that you, do you have clients all over the country? Do you have international clients? How has that worked for you? Yeah. The majority of my clients are from Canada because when I originally started doing Facebook ads, it was within a Canadian market. So I've had clients right. that are, you know, all from Toronto, which is a five hour flight from here is pretty far. And then, yeah. um, I've had clients that have been in Florida and throughout the States and stuff like that. So mostly North America so far, but only because that's where I was basing my advertising that created my okay. audience. 
Yeah. Well, who knows what's going to happen with Australia once this goes out. Isn't that fun? (laughs) (laughs) You never know. Okay, so talk to me now about um, any women that have helped you along the way. So because we are, um, this is a podcast all about women, women in business, my motto is empower the women around you and lift them up. So one of the things that I like to do is just say, have there been some amazing women that have lifted you up? And if so, can you tell us what they've done to help you? A hundred percent. And the interesting thing, the one woman that's changed my life the most is a virtual mentor who doesn't even know I exist. And she's had oh, that. Wow. Much. Yeah. So in 2015, I was struggling a lot with a lot of anxiety at that time. And, um, I found this woman's podcast. Her name is Brooke Castillo and she has a podcast called the life coach school podcast. And I found okay. it in 2015. So a long time ago. And I have listened. She's on like episode 380 or something. Now I've listened to them all at least two to three times. I, wow. She has essentially created my self-conception in terms of my self-worth, my value, my belief system, questioning things that weren't working for me. She, without even knowing me through her words week after week and her concepts have changed who I am fundamentally. And it it took me out of anxiety through creating a six figure business through, you know, buying a house, getting married, having a baby, like the whole thing was manifested through a lot of the strategies she teaches. So it's kind of neat. That that is amazing. And, and for any of the women, we have a lot of women in our groups who are speakers and, and run Mm -hmm. lots of events and things. It's great to know that the people in the audience that you don't necessarily know their name, but they are definitely getting all that value out of it. That's extraordinary. So is is there anyone else in real life or online Mm -hmm. that's really helped you? You know what the interesting thing is, having spent so much time in the personal training industry, it's very male dominated. So all of the gym owners I've ever worked for have been men. So that is a lot of why I've sought out leaders online in the online space, whether through working in their coaching programs or listening to their podcasts, just because all the all the gym owners have been men. So there's not really. Oh my goodness, you're going to. Okay, so there is a woman over here who's part of our group called Michelle Wright. And she is exactly the same as you. And not only that, she's also educating people, well, about women's, the fact that personal training exercises have actually been developed mainly by men. And so therefore they don't suit women's body types. And And then on top of that, she says, (laughs) and then women's bodies change during their lives. What you should be doing in menopause is not what you should be doing prenatally is what not, you know, what, whatever. Um, And so she set up the women's business, uh, fitness and health summit. So you might have to set one up over there. But uh, she managed to get female speakers from all over to come and and it was only for female personal trainers and fitness people. It was amazing. I don't think she's doing it anymore, but but it was because of exactly that reason. She said it's just completely male-dominated. And she said you go to the fitness summits, and in Australia we don't have probably as many as you have access to, but she said it would all be blokes, you know, and the speakers would all be almost all men, the exercises are all for men. You know, it's really interesting because women exercise all the time. It's so, um, I don't mean women exercise all the time. I mean, you see it everywhere. You see women wearing active wear. You see women always talking about health and fitness and you never hear people going, but actually it's not women who's invented half those exercises. 
No. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Even a lot of the machines are set up for male proportions, meaning like there, there are certain machines at my gym that I can't do a full range of motion on because it's too big for me. (laughs) Like it's, I'm not long enough. Right. Right. Well, her big thing as well is pelvic floor and how um, a lot of women, when they have a baby, you know, have have no um, tone or whatever in their pelvic floor and mm-hmm. that she's all about, you know, the exercises that are out there for men aren't really helping women in, in that particular case. So yeah. it's That's interesting so that you're, you're on the same track. Well, I'm in pelvic mm. floor physiotherapy right now because I just had a baby eight months ago. So knowing how important that is and how much of an underserved and even up underrepresented community that is like, I didn't know there were such things as people that just focus on pelvic floor. I don't think there's nobody talks about it. It's so interesting. Or how prevalent or how prevalent it is to have pelvic floor injuries after birth or mm-hmm. pelvic floor weakness. It's something like 75%. It was some absolutely ridiculous stat. Yep. Yep. And I, I'm glad to know that there is options available because you just start, start to think, well, this must be normal after my body's gone through that. Of course it should be different. But my physio is like, no, it shouldn't. <laughs> like yeah, that's great. not normal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So talk to me about during the course of running your business. I'm sure there have been moments of great success. And I used mm-hmm. to say, what did you learn from them? But I realized you actually in most cases, don't learn very much out of success. It's when we get those challenges that happen that we go, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Like, this is the end of the world. And then you come up with a new way of doing it. So have you had any moments like that in the course of your business that you'd be up for sharing where it's felt like it was a disaster and it's actually ended up being a blessing? Uh, Well, I definitely have some that were disasters, but it really helped uh, (laughs) with my, a lot of my beliefs in self. Like the first one was I hired my very first business coach. And like we all know, there are wonderful people out there who do great jobs. And then there are people that, you know, just they don't suit you and you don't know that going in. So the first one was like really early on, I spent $7,500 on a 45 day business coaching program. And it was, it it wasn't what I expected. And having had the perspective now of stepping back and seeing, I know what I should have looked for, but at the time, you know, you, you trust in the marketing that you're, you know, you're given. And so that was, that was a big one. Um, and then the second one was, uh, when I launched into Facebook ads without a hundred percent being solid in my messaging and understanding yep. what it was I wanted to do. Like I really should have stuck with my gut and been like, Hey, one-on-one coaching is where I excel at. But I was, you know, given the idea that group coaching is the where the you one should too many idea. Yep. Well, <laughs> and, and, I, and when you don't have a large enough audience, it's very hard to get the numbers that you need to make it um, sustainable so that you can stay doing it. And one-on-one coaching was just such an easy fit for me. But after spending, you know, four or $5,000 on a Facebook ad executive and 10 grand on Facebook ads after being led by that same business coach down that, I mean, that was, you know, a good 20, $25,000 mistake. But what it also taught me, which I thought was the most beautiful thing is that that money was an education that I now have. And the only reason I would be upset with that decision is if I, if I made that debt mean it was a bad thing about me or that that debt was a bad thing, but that was just an education. Money is just money. And the great thing is I earned it back. 
And it, it, absolutely. It was, yeah. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you have lessons that teach you what not to do as well as what you should be doing. And right. there will be, there is no better lesson actually than, than you know, wasting money or overspending yeah. or whatever. And well, then and go, it, boy, did I learn my lesson? I won't be doing that again. Yeah. And it's really <laughs> taught me that, um, to spend money to help with my education, like to not be scared and have scarcity around money and that if I spend it, I won't make it back, but just to spend it wisely. And just also to realize that for me, it's just money and to yeah. make the best, the best investments that I can. And obviously I've learned a lot since then and subsequent investments have, you know, made 15 times my investment back. So that really go. worked out really well, but having those be my first two experiences and not having had let them deter me from moving forward, I think was a huge, huge lesson in just self-confidence that I can do this, even if I've fallen on my face. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's very true. Okay. So now you've said that you're a mum and that you have um, a, a husband. Yes. How do you juggle? And you obviously love your business and you're working with entrepreneurs. So it's kind of lots of ducks in a row there. How do you juggle your work and family time does it all bleed into each other or do you have set times to say no weekends are off night times are off or how, how do you juggle it all yeah well Sundays are completely off because my husband has Sunday Mondays off and my schedule obviously works when I need it to um mm -hmm. but for the most part my it was always just me on my own schedule. But since my baby was born in February, it's had to have really constricted. And one of my clients says something fabulous to me. She goes, you know what, Tanessa, this is when my baby is about three months old. She goes, when your baby and you get into that bit of a routine and a flow and it's not so chaotic, you are going to find that your productivity will have shot up so much getting done in a condensed time. She's like, it's like the damn breaks and you are just going to be on fire. And that happened at about four months. All of a sudden she got on a consistent napping routine and I was like, yeah. Oh, two hours, let's go. I can get a lot done in two hours. And you know, between the work that I teach, which is all about brain optimization. So you can focus between yeah. that and understanding that I've got two hours, let's go. Like I run my business at capacity as usual with the, with like half the time that I had before. So <laughs> it's, it's one of the things that, um, I was reading on somebody had to did a post on LinkedIn and I just thought this is so perfect. Mm -hmm. And it was a guy and he was obviously, you know, senior manager in some, you know, big organization. And he said, one of the learnings that he had out of the lockdown was that all the women that had been working part time because they were mums and squashing, you know, five days into three or five days into four had to have fantastic management skills. And he said, now we're looking to them to say, how do you do it? Because the guys didn't know how to do it. And I thought, yes, that's so true. It's so true what we managed to do um, as women when we're running our own business and then how it sort of manifests itself. Okay. So last, well, not the last, Last question, almost the last question, but I love this question. And a journalist suggested that I ask it, and it's my favorite question out of every podcast now, is, is there a quirky fact about you that most people don't know that you'd be prepared to share with us? Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> if you look deep enough into some of my Instagram posts, you'd probably be able to find it. But I love organizing. Like, oh, I will line up my YouTube videos in the morning with a cup of coffee sometimes and watch organization videos and then go and organize my house like that is a perfect Sunday for me just give me a cupboard to organize and a cup oh of my God. <laughs> oh 
I love it. I, I think it really just gives me peace when I look in the cupboard and it's pretty and everything has a place. Like, I love it. Like that way, if in another life I came back, I would be an organizer, hands down. Did you, did you see the series Marie Kondo? Did that take off over in Canada as well? Was she yes. just exactly where you wanted to be? That's, well, yeah, from, that's hilarious. It's so interesting that part of the show, she had her two little girls and they were all yes. excited and folding laundry together. And I was like, I'm going to do that with my daughter. Like if you make <laughs> folding laundry a fun game like this, I could teach her that, right? Like she might really love that. So no, you it's are so funny. Organized. Are you a Virgo by any chance? Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> So you haven't even got that got it in your star sign. No. <laughs> that is really funny, but I love it. I mean, I do love a bit of organizing myself, but it wouldn't be my number one thing, but um, I love it. Okay, last but not least, I love to ask people about apps on their phones just because um, I'm obsessed with mine, and some people aren't, so I get that. But if you are, what would be the two most useful apps that you have on your phone? Yeah, app number one, hands down, would be WhatsApp. And the reason okay. why... Yeah. The reason why is when I went into labor, my husband started a WhatsApp group family chat called labor. And he took down like minute by minute. She's doing this. This is happening. Here's where we are. (laughs) We had a photo. So I don't remember much of labor, but when I got to go back after I had a little diary. (laughs) Wow. Minute and it has now turned into baby Hannah updates. So it's a nice family chat where everyone gets up to date on all the all things baby. So it that way I love because it's like a scrapbook of her childhood. <laughs> no, I think that's great. And and uh, we've we've got the same because half my family's in Ireland. So we've got one called Ozland, and all there's about thirty of us, and we all talk about you know what's happening all over the place. And what about another one? Have you got another one? Oh yeah, Fitbit app. I got to see my sleep <laughs> when I wake up in the morning. Like most people, you know, check their texts. I'm like, how did I sleep? What was my REM sleep? Like, did I get enough deep sleep? Like I have loved to like assess my sleep quality <laughs> first thing when that I wake is, up. You are so funny. It's funny that you should say that because I just <laughs> recently thought, I think I'm going to ask for one as my Christmas present that it might be time to see if I'm doing more than 300 steps a day. Cause I doubt that I am. <laughs> I just did a challenge on my Instagram in September of minimum 5,500 steps per day, which most days we probably get, but there's the days where like, like today I have six calls today set up. And so I'm going to actually have to get up and go for an intentional walk because I'm only at 2,300 right now. So it really just helps me prevent any sedentary days. So that was kind of fun with that. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It might be good. Now, do you also use your, your phone for fun? Do you play any games on it or are you no, uh, you know, don't have time for that? Oh no, it's all about the Peloton app. I don't have oh, the what bike. What does Peloton do? Oh, okay. So if you've ever seen the commercials for the really fancy, gorgeous, beautiful spin bikes or treadmills, and they've got that massive LCD screen on them. Oh, I've seen photos of them from America. I, don't, I mean, I'm sure they're here, but I did so not write. And the $3,000 on the bike, I got the $14 a month app and it's basically like <laughs> live classes from New York on your phone. So I just right. go on my spin bike or hop on the treadmill. There's weight classes. and all. This. It's basically like a live fitness class that you actually can wow. do. You see people from around the world on. I 
love it. If I had, if I had any kind of like stocks in the company, I would be very rich because I prefer it so highly. I've had so many of my clients buy a bike and I'm like, I want one because I talk about it. Anybody I tell about it gets equally obsessed. It's just high quality instructors and coming from the fitness industry, I have very high standards for what I love in a fitness instructor and theirs are out of the park. So I, the Peloton app, I am on it all week long doing my workouts. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Well, listen, Janessa, thank you so much for telling me about your story and what you do. I love it that you focus on entrepreneurs. That that really sort of resonated with me. Now, if anyone listening to this wants to get hold of you, what's the best way to get hold of you? Easiest way is to go to my website, tanessashears.com. It basically is the hub for any like free masterclasses, my Instagram, my Facebook, my YouTube channel. It's all, you can find it all there. It's all in one place. Make it simple. Fantastic. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining me today. That has just been fantastic. And um, I'll have to go and have a little look at the Palatine app, I think. Oh, it's so good. You'll love it. (laughs) I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'sTheBoss.com.au.